Hello there. It's another Friday Five episode here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, and these are the five things that happened this week that you need to know about. Plus a bonus and maybe a rabbit hole. I know, but it's been a while. Number one, Walmart is currently testing drone deliveries of COVID home swab kits. They've partnered up with Quest Diagnostics, and this is just one of the many delivery tests. They've been testing out grocery deliveries, necessities like health and wellness products. So it's only natural that we would progress to COVID testing as we're trying to ramp up efforts to make testing more widely available. The neat thing about using this type of delivery service for COVID tests is that it truly is a touch-free experience. The kits will be delivered by the drone. They'll include a prepaid shipping label so patients perform the swab themselves and they send the kit in to be read, similar to the way DNA testing is done, just minus the delivery by a person. We'll be linking to that article in our episode notes so you can learn more and see where that program is getting started. Number two, Fox News reported on a social security first that many people haven't seen during their lifetime, but we will see in 2021. Next year, Social Security will begin expending more money than it is collecting. It's something that hasn't happened since 1982, so apparently I saw it when it happened that time. I was just a year old, though, so it really didn't register as a monumental or important happening. Now, what led us to this moment? Well, baby boomers are departing from the workforce, but that's not the only issue highlighted in the article. Income inequality, significantly lower birth rates, and the lack of immigration all couple together to create this unique situation. At the moment, Democrats would like to increase the payroll tax earnings cap to make up for the shortfall, while Republicans prefer pushing back the full retirement age from 67 to 70. It'll be interesting to see if Congress can come to a compromise with bipartisan legislation, just one of the many things on the radar for after the election in November. Number three, another day, more Teams updates. Microsoft is really on a roll lately with making updates to Teams, as expected now that school is back in session and we are still working remotely. Coming updates include upping the maximum number of participants to 1,000, as well as increasing view-only capacity to 20,000. We can look forward to more of those together mode scenes, which place us all in the same setting, and if you've viewed that mode, it's a little weird. I know what they're going for, but it's a bit jarring and reminiscent of those jib-jab holiday elf greeting cards, so hopefully they've thought a little bit more about the settings this time around. Microsoft did mention they'll be scaling and positioning attendees more realistically, so that should also help. More custom layouts are coming, breakout rooms, and automated recaps. I know in the latest update, we were discussing how the participant menu was hidden, and none of us really likes that because it made it difficult to see if our entire team was on the call and we could go ahead and start the meeting. Also, still coming later this year, that news anchor setting that lets you share your screen in an over-the-shoulder shot. 
One thing I didn't see mentioned in any articles recently, and it might seem like a small feature, but when you raise your hand, your box outline becomes highlighted to draw attention to the fact that you've raised your hand. We noticed that the other day in our virtual coffee break. We'll be linking to a write-up from Engadget that mentions even more updates, so check that out for a heads up at what is coming later this year. Number four. So 2020 has been quite the interesting year, and I think it's safe to say that a lot of us are dealing with anxiety in some form or another right now. I came across an article on Best Life about how anxiety affects your body, and I thought I would share some of these things I knew about because when I'm stressed, I tend to get nauseous or get a headache. I did not know that it can put me at a higher risk for diabetes as well as heart disease. I recommend checking out that article for the full list, and you can find that link in our episode notes. Number five. Last week, we talked about the Apple Time Flies event and the new devices that were announced. Also announced iOS 14, which brought widgets to the home screen of Apple iPhone for the first time. Spoiler alert, iOS 14 widgets have been a little bit of a rabbit hole for me this week, but this tidbit is related to productivity, so it makes more sense for it to be our number five for this week. What has iOS 14 done for productivity? A lot, to be honest. And widgets are just a small part of that. So from the article that we'll be linking to, there's something called a smart stack. And I have a smart stack on my phone. I can't say that it has been super useful yet for me. In fact, I don't even have mine on the front page of my phone. But I will say, just widgets in general that allow you to bring functionality to the home screen of your iPhone, where before you had to tap into an app, that is huge. And I think we'll be seeing more and more widget innovation coming over time. App Clips. I haven't had the chance to use this feature yet, but I do appreciate the concept. Basically, you get the functionality of an app without having to download it and bog down your phone with another app. In Messages, you can pin contacts and essentially have favorites for messaging now, which is nice. We all have those running threads that we're constantly referring back to for information, addresses, pictures, what have you. And it's just nice not to have to scroll extraneously anymore. And without a beat here, let's just move on to the rabbit hole of Apple widgets for a moment. I had an Android phone for a few months right around the time my daughter was born. While it was neat to test it out, it was honestly not long before I went back to Apple. Like I said, just a couple months. I never really used widgets that much on Android either, but I did appreciate the weather widget. So I was excited about adding that because rather than click into the app and wait for the forecast to load and then click on the 10-day button, it's already displayed on the widget. All I had to do was unlock my phone. That's pretty cool. But what's even cooler is that Apple Podcasts now has widget functionality. I'm sure we'll get to a point where some of the other podcast apps have the same But right now, let's talk about the Apple Podcasts widget. When you're subscribed to a podcast, new episodes show up on screen inside the widget. The small square widget will show the most recently published episode from your list of subscribed podcasts. The medium banner-like widget will show the two most recently published episodes. 
And the large square widget shows the four most recently published episodes from your subscription list. So just in case you needed another reason to subscribe to our podcast, there you go. But the widgets aren't the only change in the Apple Podcasts app on iOS 14. Apple has made updates to search functionality, podcast discoverability, and more curated playlists. And then going even deeper into the rabbit hole of widgets, users are creating highly customized home screens and sharing how to do that in video form, a lot of them on TikTok, so we'll be linking to an article on that in our notes for this episode as well. And based on a few reports, it looks like an announcement about the new iPhone 12 could be coming on October 12th, so I'll be keeping an eye on that. Now, let's back it up to our bonus, the list of everything coming to streaming in October, which is just so hard to believe that we are here, 19 days until the start of the annual enrollment period, which makes me wonder if there's a countdown widget, because there probably is. That's a pretty simple bit of code, but I digress, and we've already covered that rabbit hole. So, October usually means all sorts of scary, horror, and Halloween-themed shows, Not exactly my genre of choice, but it does mean season four of The Worst Witch on Netflix, which is a UK series based on the popular books that tell the story of a girl who discovers she's a witch. She's a bit of a klutz, so while it's cool that she can do magic, she's kind of disastrous at it, hence the title, The Worst Witch. It's family-friendly, and if you've got a kiddo that doesn't like scary stuff, I highly recommend it. The focus here is more on the character development and the lessons learned. On Disney+, Plus, the second season of The Mandalorian starts on October 30th. Coming to Hulu, season 19 of The Voice, and all 131 episodes of Dragon Ball Super. We will have the full list from TV Guide so you can check it out and see what's coming that you will like. I'm sure November will hold far more for me as we get going with Christmas movies. And before you say it, I know. Those start on October 24th on the Hallmark Channel, and I'll be linking to that list in the episode notes as well. And again, I know. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. We will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel, script editing by Nicole Perisic, artwork by Nick Smith. Mm-hmm.